This is just the usual reminder that this show may contain some adult language and humour, and all opinions expressed by guests are solely their own. I'm Damien Edwardson, one half of Art92 and the creator of the sci-fi wrestling comic, The Galaxy Grappling Alliance. And welcome to Oh Men to That, the chip-free sporadic podcast series where I'll be talking to a selection of hand-picked guests on a diverse range of topics centred in and around the world of art, comics and all things creative. So on today's show, I'm pleased to welcome back yet another returning guest who's previously appeared on the infamous Art of Video Covers and Movie Poster episodes. He's one of those prolific creators on the small press scene with his work on comics such as El Marvo, Project Hoax, the 80s action homage Viper, and of course his seminal work, the British super team title Vanguard. He also finds time to run a successful Patreon, and last but not least, he's one third of the Mighty Awesome Comics podcast. So I'm thrilled to say a big welcome back to the man of a thousand anecdotes, Dan Butcher. Hello. Yeah, all right, mate. Yeah. <laughs> the the infamous hello. Yeah. <laughs> be getting told off of Vince. He'll be suing us. <laughs> that comes with me. That's Brand Butcher. Trademark. <laughs> Do you hold up a little trademark sign every time you say it? <laughs> I think that's we started the first episode with that, and it's like, yeah, the stick with it. It's brilliant. That I love that. It's a, it's a, it's one of those little things that always makes me laugh every single week. <laughs> Hello. You know, sometimes I've listened to podcasts and every host has their little saying and stuff. And it's like, I'll just fucking get to the meat of it. So it's just, mine's just hello. <laughs> On we go. Brilliant. Oh, so anyway, how are you, mate? Good. Yeah. As as we was mentioning uh, previously, I'm fucking sweltering. <laughs> yeah, it's boiling. It is boiling, isn't it? And I, I was saying last week to uh, Claire, when I, Claire, I've got to shut the window up here because I mean, like, the office is in one of the front bedrooms. Mm. And it's on quite a busy road. And fucking hell, you know. Just the noise. Jesus Christ. Because you can guarantee there'll be like a fire engine, yeah. you know, a lorry, some fucking like, arsehole with a beatbox. Yeah. <laughs> a couple of boy racers come thundering yeah. down the road. Like it's Fast and the Furious 20 or something. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, it gradually creeps up in here. So if you hear something dripping, it's probably me. <laughs> <laughs> It's not old age, it's the heat. <laughs> Brilliant. Family all well? Everybody good? Yeah, they're all good. Kind of ticking along with it. Uh, yeah, all, all kind of good. We're kind of over the lockdown hump now, sort of, aren't we? And Hope we're so. sort of taking first steps back towards normality and inverted commas. Yeah, yeah. What is the new normal? we have to find out. Yeah, I mean, a bit of a setback with the... Uh easing dates although mm. to be honest with you between you and me me and hp we don't even know what was meant to change on the 21st of June. Yeah, <laughs> like, like, nobody really knew did they it was no, like... i mean we can still do the going to the pubs and restaurants <laughs> yeah. and families and stuff and it's i don't know mate just no, mad, yeah, fuck knows. i did give my second jab so oh brilliant coming down the pipe nice one okay, i was on the 3rd of july so the second one 3rd of july so middle of july will be home and dry excellent so, can't wait can't wait. I um, kept on making the joke about <clears throat> going somewhere and getting a prick. Um, uh, <laughs> Mrs. Sick of hearing that joke. Yeah, yeah so, the little prick joke, <laughs> in it? Yeah. 
<laughs> Don't worry, it's just a small prick. It's like, what's new? <laughs> I think I nicked that from the young ones, actually. Brutal. Yeah. <laughs> so thanks for coming on again, mate. Really appreciate Pleasure. it. Yeah. And as I mentioned, last two times we had you on, we had you talking about specific topics. So I know you were on with Luke and we did uh, movie posters and video covers, both of which were great fun. Um, yeah, a lot of fun, that. Got a lot of feedback, although people really enjoyed those. Probably because we really enjoyed doing them as well, didn't we? I mean, Yeah, was... man, like doing that, uh, that was a revelation to me, looking at that alien poster of all the naked people at the bottom. Didn't know that. Yeah. Just by chance, by like researching it and like someone mentioned it, I was like, how doesn't, why is not everyone talking about that? Because that poster has been mentioned a million times. And looking yeah. at high res versions, like, there's just loads of naked people on the ground. It's incredible, isn't it? Yeah. So if you don't know what we're talking about, you have to go back into the archives and have a listen yes. to uh, the Art of the Movie poster. Okay, Rick, so obviously today, though, we're going to talk about you and about your work. And you know I'm a big fan of what you do, I think. Oh, cheers, dude. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, seriously, I'm not just saying it. I mean, you... Your work's amazing, mate. And I know you've done stuff for us. You've done stuff for, for GGA and you did us a great commission around pre-mortis. But I, I mean, I said it in the intro, but you, you're prolific. You know, you, you're just like a machine. In fact, I'm pretty yeah. sure that you're, you know, part man, part machine, yeah. <laughs> you know. Cyberdown Systems Model 101. Yeah. Uh, I'd, mate, I just like, I couldn't be who I am without creating all the time. I just got to keep doing it. It's like an itch that this needs scratching all the time. There's times I can look back at my life and think, oh, that was a bit shitty. And they've usually been coupled where I haven't been doing stuff. Yeah. Like creatively. I can't remember, I can't remember what, what, when it was, but like someone was sort of saying, why are you like down in dumps like this? And it was just like, fuck me. I haven't done anything. Like this was like months. Like, mm. It's not, not going out running or exercising the kind of the same thing. If you do that religiously and then suddenly you stop. Yeah. That lack of endorphins. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. On yeah. 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 No, it's weird, isn't it? I mean, art particularly, I mean, I get really kind of quite grumpy if I'm not drawing like mm. regularly. You know, I mean, there'll be times when we'll have like a DIY project on and then it means like the weekend's gone. And by Monday morning, I'm I'm really pissed off <laughs> because it's yeah. like no fucking draw, you know what I mean? <laughs> but you've got to do these things. But I, I get yeah. what you mean, though. It, that's the thing about art, isn't it? It's part of you. It's not just like you say something you do it is actually part of your dna mm. so creating and making stuff and yeah some, sometimes i wonder do i trip into like an unhealthy mental space when i feel like i use an evening and i watch a film and just don't do anything or, or waste the time off and i think i should have really been doing something then and it's like well no that's a negative mindset to get into yeah you can't be on it all the time because you'll break like yeah it, and you need something else you need that kind of input to keep yourself uh, fresh and coming up with new stuff. You constantly just work, 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 work. You're not taking in any other influence. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's where podcasts are great, though, aren't they? I mean, mm. you know, I, I I started recording this for two reasons. One, because I wanted to talk to somebody other than H, because we didn't even have dog at that <laughs> point. You know what I mean? <laughs> oh, Martin. And, yeah. And and two, you know, it was like I needed to just do something else and maybe mm. have a break from the artwork because sometimes it can get too much. You know, sometimes you do need a break from it just even if it's just a night off to kind of almost reset, you know, because if you had a shit day in the studio and then you're in again and you have another shit day and you have another, you know, and you just, you you start losing your confidence and stuff. Well, I do, you know? Yeah. And I find just having a break and coming back to it really Really helps. helps. There's that Mm. classic 
walk away from the canvas and then come back and take a look and you think oh god that's (laughs) that's completely wrong (laughs) but for one of the things for me about podcasts and kind of comic book stuff and art stuff is that 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 philosophy of surrounding yourself with people like you and who want to be doing the same stuff as you and are creative and motivated that's kind of like where i get my fix from from listening to podcasts of other creatives talking about what they do do you know what i mean like when you're in university or college we had Eamon clark on from uh, the mega city podcast and he said he was going like on a on a comic course and at the time i was thinking well you could have done that at home just like read comics and study them but it's the being in that learning environment amongst people who want to do it as well and you're all pushing towards that same goal and studying that kind of you can't replicate that at home do you know what i mean yeah yeah and the nearest thing i've got to it is like not instead of when i go to a con and you're surrounded by the creatives it's getting a podcast and listening to people talk about their stuff yeah he's great aiming as well isn't he he's fantastic yeah, he's, he's, dude, what dude. he's really funny as well he's, he's just uh yeah he's sharp as a pin as well He's, oh yeah. Uh, he's, yeah, he's got this incredibly dry wit, hasn't he? That disarms. You. I like when him and Tony—they're—they're they're both two levels that yeah. <laughs> both compete and clash and complement yeah. at the same time. Yeah, it's really, really, really enjoyable. Yeah, it's great. And he's a doctor, so next time I'll get him on via camera, and then he can have a look at this rash. So, yeah, have a look at this. Where you might as well, <laughs> aren't you? <laughs> Did you ever used to watch that embarrassing bodies? <laughs> Did you- did yeah. you ever see them? Oh, God. And they'd be like, they used to do a live version, didn't they, with webcams? And they'd go to someone like, they'd go, yeah, I've got this thing. And then some guy would get his cock out and be stood there. And they'd go like, right, okay, yeah. Ooh, yeah. Ooh. You can put it away now. And then they'd just stand there in front of the camera with it for ages. And they'd be like, yeah, you can about. put it away now. We've seen it. And he's like, yes. nope. <laughs> get him your money's worth. <laughs> Mate, like 10 out of 10 for those people that go on that show. I couldn't go, I'd have a hard time going to the doctor and saying, look at this. <laughs> Let alone getting out on camera. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah, I'm too embarrassed to tell the doctor, but all my yeah. mates are going to see me get my dick out on telly. Yeah. It's got <laughs> this it's massive like... fucking green thing, like, weeping sore off it. <laughs> By the way, I'll, I'll be on blind date after this, if you're interested. <laughs> so now I'm all right. <laughs> or take me out or something similar, you know what I mean? Excellent. So have I seen you somewhere before? No. Nah. <laughs> Looks like Kermit's melting. Oh god. <laughs> anyway, enough of this filth. I'll be putting the disclaimer on this one. <laughs> so just going back to you then and comics. So I've never actually asked you this, but what's your history with comics and, and comic art and stuff? What was the first comics that you started reading and, and any particular favourites? I tell you what, I was thinking about this and it's so hazy like the first comic I kind of had. I want to say stuff like the the dandy and the beano, but I'm not sure if that's true. I think my, my great granddad used to save, he used to get like the times or something, you know, he used to get like a big, every Sunday I used to have a big pullout of like cartoons and comics. He used to save that for me and I used yeah. to read that. And then after that, it was just every sort of comic in the news agent, like 2000 AD. I remember getting heavy metal at one point. I think that was a bit naughty for the age, yeah, yeah. you know, like that, uh, the Transformers comics had the Ghostbusters comics. Anything that was based on like a cartoon yeah. that they made a comic out of by Marvel UK, I was I was getting that. So yeah, those Marvel pretty UK much anything things, to get hands on. Yeah, they were brilliant. They were absolutely yeah. brilliant. I think. I mean, I remember. Do you ever remember a thing called? Might be a bit bit old for you, but there was a thing called DC Superheroes in the eighties, 
And um, they used to reprint a load of the old Kurt Swan Superman and Neil Adams Batman. And it was, oh, God. I used yeah, to, I think that was I, just before my time. Yeah, I used to love them. We used to be able to get some of the uh, Marvel like newsstand stuff, like the actual mm. comics, but it'd be completely fucking random what you'd get every week. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you couldn't collect, like, could you? No, it was just like, <laughs> oh, this week I'm reading Green Lantern, next week I'm reading X-Men. It's just because that's what's there. But, but like, you know, there was something really nice about that as well, though, wasn't there? There was something, yeah. I think, you know, those kind of standalone one-shot issues, because that, that's kind of what it was. You know, you, you, you may get a cliffhanger and go into a second part, but majority of the time, you know, they were just one and dones, and there was something yeah. really exciting about that. You know, that it'd, you it'd could be resolved in that issue. You could, you could pretty much pick any issue up, and like, oh, that's the Flash, that's his girlfriend, that's the bad guy, and then that issue's done, and you're on something else. Yeah, but, uh, I presume they're they're made very much for that. You pick up an issue, and that's that. It's all self-contained. It was still disposable, wasn't it? Yeah, that was the thing. It was still the disposable medium. So yeah, I suppose I suppose they were. I mean, I always loved the fact that Justice League in the kind of seventies and eighties, you know, there'd be a massive plot thread all the way through the issue, and it'd be like you know, all wrapped up in like two pages at the end. Yeah. <laughs> like, suddenly, yeah. you know, I always remember the uh, with Starro and, and the the two parts of Bolland did those brilliant covers for you know the one where the, the, the second cover's got like all the, the DC heroes with yes. the starfish on the face yeah. and that whole thing's a really long complicated complex threads I reread it again recently but then with about two pages to go you're like how the fuck are they going to resolve this resolve it's like this. Yeah. oh there you go <laughs> boom <Yeah>. boom <laughs> this button this device just nullifies them zap and then yeah <laughs> on we go <laughs> yeah and you know, bit of a joke at the end, and we're off. Yeah. But so, so what appealed to you about comics then? Was it just that you loved comics and art, or did you love art and drawing first, and then you kind of progressed yeah, into I comics? Yeah, I was, I was always like one of those kids, like doing the drawing. And then as soon as comics came on, I was like, right, this is what I'm drawing. I can remember copying characters, tracing Spider Man, and then making my own characters over the top. And then, like going into secondary school, <clears throat> there used to be a lad. Me and him used to do like comics during lessons. Like, we'd, I'd draw a page of the comic, then he'd draw yeah. a page, and then back and forward. Uh, I got into a fight over one of them once because <laughs> I drew something like I drew him into a corner with this comic. Like, right. how, how are you going to get out of that? And I laughed and looked up and caught the eye of like the biggest kid in the class, and <laughs> he, he came after me at lunchtime because he thought I was laughing at his braces. Oh man, <laughs> a little bit of insecurity bleeding through there, but uh, usually is. Yeah, uh, I didn't get it too badly. Don't worry. Yeah, like after that, I was like, I think like uh, you and H, I just doing comics all the way through, like uh, as a teen, and then when I went off to university, that was like the death of comics for me. I didn't have mm. the money to buy them. I didn't have the time to make them or the inclination to make them. And then after I came out, I started getting back into them again. I think, why the fuck did how did that get beaten out of me? And yeah. I had to sort of like, I kind of got back into comics by like web comics, just straight away, like jump straight, straight into it. as I like, find out what this is about and, and got involved. It's funny. I think you either love art or you don't, you know what I mean? Yeah. And you just yeah. find what it, it's, I always see it as it's a very broad spectrum art, isn't it? You know, it can be anything. Yeah. But you find where you settle in the end, you know, there's always, you. I started off doing, um, portraiture and illustration mm. and but i always love comics but just never thought i was going to be capable of doing them and then mm. 
you know, I've kind of gravitated back towards comics as I got older. And, you know, I still do portraiture and stuff, as you know, but I, I just, I've settled there now. I'm quite comfortable there now. You know what I mean? And yeah, yeah. you know, there's only me, H and Marty reads them, but, <laughs> you know, I'm still creating. <laughs> I started doing, uh, did like a film and video, film and animation course. And I learned very quickly that animation's not for me. Like, mm. I, I like, remember painting a cell and it took me like an hour or so to draw it and paint it. I was like, now you've got to do that 24 more times to make a second. I was like, no. Yeah. <laughs> no, I yeah. ain't doing this. It's, and I think I've just went straight back to the comics. I remember as a kid thinking how great it would be to like to work for Disney, you know, and just do be a Disney artist yeah. and do all that and draw on those cells and stuff. And then I watched a documentary once about Disney and, and I thought oh, I wouldn't want to work there, you know. Because <laughs> yeah. like, you're just a cog in a very, because you, know, you have to be, don't you? You're just like on a conveyor belt. Yeah. And I thought, yes, they're super talented, you know, don't get me wrong. It's still a lot of skill to do that, but you've got no identity, you know, and you're never going to be yeah. able to create either because you just got to do what you've got to do and move on. And yeah, so I decided that it's wasn't that thing for me of, as like, well. You monetizing something you love and really enjoy, you don't want it to become that thing that you really don't like anymore. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, so you love doing your art, but then suddenly it's your nine to five job and you've got to get those commissions and portraits done. Otherwise you're not paying the bills. Mm. At some point you're going to start thinking, fucking hell, I really don't like this. This is... <laughs> This is bollocks. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. That's that whole thing. You're a bit careful what you wish for, isn't it? You know? Yeah, indeed. <laughs> indeed. Yeah. I kind it's of. It's really true. Uh, I think, like yourself, I would have loved to have worked in comics when I was younger, but the kind of the realities of it was like, oh, I'm not sure about that. I'm kind of, I'm a bit more of a steady Eddie. I like the, the sort of the PAY check coming in every month and yeah. I do comics on the side. Yeah. Well, I mean, as yeah. we know, you're very lucky if you can do it for a living. I mean, very lucky indeed, aren't you? Especially these days. Yeah. I mean, you look at some of the people who aren't names and their work is just fucking unbelievable. I mean, there's one thing in the net, like you mm. can get to see so much more people's work now. And some of the stuff you see online is like, Jesus Christ, that's amazing. Like it just absolutely blows yeah. my stuff out the water. And you think you haven't got a bloody job doing it. Like <laughs> it's, it's, yeah, it's nuts. But uh, hats off to anyone who kind of does it. You're doing it because... You love it, and that's yeah. that's reason enough. Absolutely. So, what was the first comic that you you created? Then, that, you know, I know you said you said we always create things as kids. I came up with the idea for Spider Boy long before Marvel did. <laughs> you know, it's had a phase of turning everything into boy. But yeah. um, what was the first comic that you ever actually sat down and, and created? And, what, and why did you why did you feel that you needed to create it, or what what inspired you to do it? I think I was literally just, I think the first hero I came up with was like a kind of mix between Spider-Man and Batman. And I think it was essentially Batman without the cape and a different symbol on his right. chest. I can't remember what bloody used to call him. I think I've got some of those comics upstairs, but it ended up just him throwing grenades at people, which is a novel approach for a superhero. <laughs> <laughs> but, <laughs> throwing rescue grenades Brilliant. at people. <laughs> rescue explosives. So, uh, yeah, and then kind of just yeah, off and there. I'll tell you what, when it was the coming back from uni and I thought, right, I'm going to do a comic, but I'm so out of practice, <clears throat> what shall I do? And I, I went on to that Drunk Duck, the web comics, started seeing what people were doing. And I was a bit kind of like nervous about getting involved because uh, I, didn't re I didn't really have an eye for writing at the time. I didn't really write mm. for myself. And there was a writer looking for an artist. And I was like, well, 
if he does the right and others the art, I can find out how it all runs, how to play the game as it were. And then once mm. this is wrapped up, I'll move off onto Vanguard, which I did. So I think we did like five issues over the space of a year and a bit. That was when I was not had a kid, a child. It was a hell of a lot easier. Yeah, it's quite a churn, that, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, I was, was banging through it. It might have been two years, to be fair. But uh, yeah, managed to fucking blast through it and get it done. And then after that, I was like, fuck it, man. I'll go and do my own stuff. And that's where uh, Vanguard uh, eventually came from. Vanguard, obviously, is this year... Well, I, I mean, it is your, baby, your kind of core title, isn't yeah. it? You know, it's it's what your your labour of love because Christ, you spend enough time on it. You know, I mean, it's incredible. You know, the rate that you you turn those oh, pages geez, around and stuff. Yeah. You, you've been doing it. You must have a hell of a process. We'll come on to that a bit yeah. later, but you know, you must have it down now to a complete art, if you pardon the pun, of you know, from writing to layouts. To, All process, like yeah, you've got to work out that because I've worked in like designer production teams like for years now. It is all working out that process and that's a lot of the battle mm. sorting out your time slots and when you're going to do stuff and what's how, how the stuff needs to go through the process. And there's a kind of a formula for every page I'm doing that this does this step. Now this step, now this step. I don't just kind of like, Oh, this is making up on the fly. And I know like all the shadows are set to a, a certain level on all the sets of pages. I can go through and check that and stuff, stuff mm. like that. Just there's a uniformity. Whereas if I, there's some stuff, I, I don't know if you've ever done, you make a, I've done a page, just like kind of freewheeling it. And then I've got to do another, yeah. something else similar. And I think, oh, fucking hell. And I've got to pick through like layer after layer on Photoshop, trying to work out how I've done some, achieved an effect because I've got to redo it. And it's just, <laughs> that's yeah. a fool's errand. Yeah. I guess you like, yourself doing the painting, you, you just flatten stuff all the time and you're working on top of, like you paint yeah. something, paint over the top. There's not layers in you can essentially pick apart. I'm I'm trying to get a bit better at that. I mean, I, I between doing uh, Galaxy Grappling one and two, I went on a bit of a coloring course. Mm. I decided I needed to learn how to improve my coloring, um, so I, I studied for a bit, and that's really difficult for me. Is just to down tools and learn. You know, I, yeah. I just want to do it. This is one of my failings is that I think oh, I really need to learn how to do this. And I'll start start a course, I'll start watching something, or learning something. About three minutes in, I'm like, right, okay, I'm going to have a go now. It's like, oh, shit. <laughs> it's like, because you've not actually gone through Mate, the work. Yeah, that's me course. all over. That is me all over. I do oh, the same. And I annoy myself with it. I get so annoyed at myself because I don't have that patience, you know. And yet, well, the one thing we've learned as artists is, you you shit at everything until you keep doing it, keep doing it, keep doing it. <laughs> yeah, you're and then right. eventually, hopefully, you'll just get a bit better and a bit better. You know what I mean? Have you done that one where you well, like... Uh, I just never learn. I look up a video and think, right, how do I do this effect? And I look Google it and then it's like YouTube video, 20 minutes long. And you're like, oh, for fuck's sake. So like I'm skipping mm. through this video, trying to find the meat of like, how, how do I render uh, plastic or something? on a drawing to make it look plasticky and you're like yeah oh, there it is there that little bit of information i need but i've got to blast through all this stuff yeah. it would be easier just to bloody look online at actual reference to see but uh mm. yeah, there we go yeah so when you first started um with vanguard then did you have any any influences about how you wanted it to look what, what the kind of style would be or did you set out as well thinking it was going to be a web comic it's definitely going to be a webcomic. A lot of people, like, when they started off, I kind of, when I, at the time I was working heavily in print, so I knew that 
I want to work in, uh, work as print and then save it down. So essentially it would just be comic pages that I put online. Right. And I've got the print files at the end of it. Uh, that was just a bit forward thinking. It wasn't like kind of the plan as it were. It just seemed sensible to do that at the time. Unfortunately I did because mm. obviously if you're working in 72 DPI and then suddenly think, Oh, I want to print these. You're, you're kind of fucked as it were. Yeah. So uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I thought if I just structure these, I structure them like a comic book, there's like 20, 30 pages, boom, uh, I'll put them out as I do them. Uh, page, it was at the time, I think with the first issue, I did like a page uh, a day for five days for like until the issue was done to build up the initial momentum and readership. And then after that, it was two a week. Yeah. And uh, just, yeah, just collect it. I think the first issue didn't even have a fucking cover because it was like, well, this is a webcomic. I don't need a cover. And I had to retroactively like bash one together. Yeah. And I wish I'd have spent more time doing the first one because essentially I just had pictures of the characters that I kind of lined up next to each other just to have a front cover. And yeah, yeah. It, you realize how the strength of the a first issue cover because you can ape on that and play with that in the future. And I, I didn't really have that. Mm. So uh, I've learned from that. So Yeah. And how long have you been doing it now? Then how long has Fun Girl been going? I think he's going. 12, 13, 14 years. A long old time. Jesus Christ. I didn't realize it was that long. Yeah, man. It just kind of, you think two issues a year and I'm I'm going to be starting on an issue 20 this year. It just ticks away. It's just insane. It really That's just nuts. Incredible, mate. Yeah. Just... I honestly didn't think it was that long. I thought I, I had seven or eight years in my head for some reason. Yeah. But yeah, God, it was, it was a long old time ago. Good, good sort of like yeah. 12, 13, 14 years ago. And That's amazing. I, I didn't really plan... I had the story, the kind of the story from the beginning, and then yeah. I've just been chugging along doing the story. And to date, I think we there's about three or four issues left in it before it wraps up. I was going to ask you that next. Yeah, can you see the end or? Yeah, it's, you know, will it? Yeah, all the story points are kind of coming to a head, and it's going to get to that ending. There, there won't yeah. be any more Vanguard after that, but I'm not sure whether to leave it like with an open ending or this is the end. They all live happily ever after or they don't. I don't know. Mm. I was going to say that, I was, that one of the, the, the ideas of like writing for me is I was always told like write your, your story from know where your ending is going to be yeah. and you work towards it. And <clears throat> I don't mean that so much as in a rigid story structure as in A, B, C, D, E, F, G is the ending. Mm. you have g as you end in but you start at a and then you let the story and the characters move towards the ending in an organic way got you so like you might be getting like say for vanguard I've, I've, there was times where like actually this needs a bit more fleshing out and the characters would go a slightly different way they're still moving mm. towards their ending but they're taking a bit of a different route than i expected or I, I'd, yeah. I'd bring in a new character to explore an idea and then that character adversely or positively affects the story and it, it changes accordingly. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's so. interesting. It's, it's kind of similar to how I work actually in, in mm. so much as I, you know, I know where I want it to end or how I yeah. want something to end, but I don't, I must admit, I don't actually write a full script um, yeah. at that point because I'll tend to script it as I'm working through layouts yeah. So I may have all the dialogue in my head and I may have not, you know, copious notes about what I want to do and some some obviously key points I want to try and fit in. But I try and do it a bit more 
not on the fly, but just a bit more organic, like you say, to make it, you know, yeah. keep it a bit fresher. Feels this a bit more real and, and yeah, fresh. You can't tell that with your work because your work, it looks, I, was, cause I thought maybe you'd like meticulously kind of planned all this out because it's a very complex plot as well, Vanguard. There's a lot going on, isn't there? Do you know what I mean? There's a couple of documents that have got like the outlines to where what stuff is and where these kind of plot lines and threads are going. Like I've got that, I'm yeah. not just kind of like pulling it out of my ass as I go, but like mm. just the, the way characters find stuff out or the way I kind of reveal stuff, it, it kind of changes as I go along. Uh, yeah. There's yeah, definitely no, kind of like road roadmaps to like, right, this character has got to do this by this time to get a reveal. And yeah, yeah, it's uh, all that stuff's fascinating. The, the script building the story building mm. it's the only thing i struggle with and i don't know if you get this is are the readers getting this yeah because uh it's sometimes hard to gauge whether they are yeah i, I sort of lay, lay some seeds and anything do they get that that i've built to that or does that work and yeah when someone comments it and they say oh, i really like this you think oh thank fucks yeah yeah <laughs> someone's no, got no, it i mean yeah, I had the same thing with, um, obviously, with Galaxy Grappling because it's based on wrestling, you know, sci-fi wrestling. So there's there's little nuggets in mm. there, like, like little Easter eggs for people. And you think, oh, I wonder if people get it. And then you get messages going, oh, you know, I like the reference to this and I like the, the callback to that. But I also worry that because it, it is a tricky one because it is a wrestling comic, a lot of people want a lot of wrestling in it. Do you know what I mean? Which is a delight to draw. Yeah. It? You know, it's like, you know, what's the two of the hardest things you can draw? Crowd scenes and fights. And so I did a sci-fi yeah. fucking wrestling yeah, God, comic. Yeah. You know? <laughs> it's like, but, it really made a rod for your back there because the whole audience. And... But I worry sometimes that maybe people aren't quite following the little nuances in there that I think is pushing the story forward. But I don't know whether people... Mm get it you know what i mean and you're right you know you, you yeah i understand you, you yeah. can never actually tell the, the story and the action they can't if there's too much of one and not enough of the other it, it kind yeah. of unbalances it there's times where like I, I don't know if you do this i've had the plot and then there's a fight and like i just block in five pages fight mm. and then go on and that fight will kind of maybe come to me or run out for a walk like the, the choreography of it mm. or something but as long as like character a beats character b I don't feel like you need to kind of script that too heavily. Yeah. Uh, and like you say, just make it up organically because you, you might make something that looks absolutely fantastic and flows really nicely on the page, but to try and script that beforehand, you're like, Oh, mm. that, that's a bit of a chore. Mm. It, it doesn't, for me, I couldn't, I don't think I could script that. Yeah. I get what you mean. Yeah. Like panel by panel. It just, yeah. <laughs> Having said that I've worked on scripts from other people mm. that you, you get that and you, yeah, but just trust your artist and then trust your writer. That's all I can say. Yeah, I mean, I've been I've been kind of lucky because I've been this year. I've been mainly doing work for other people rather than that's why you know I haven't done a DJ mm. or a pre mortis yet. We're, we're planning on doing it really after summer, back end of the year, do our own stuff. But I've been kind of working on scripts for other other writers and stuff, and it's been a really interesting journey to go on because it's challenged me to do things I'd normally avoid. It'd be like. Yeah. yeah, I ain't going to write a car in the script if I can help it. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> but, you know, and I've drawn like loads of fucking cars this year, yeah. street scenes and alleyways and all the things that you'd kind of avoid if you could help it. But it, it, I feel and that's same, it helps man. you grow, doesn't yeah. it? You know, because you've got to push yourself out of that comfort zone. Definitely. Yeah, like uh, I've had briefs from 
uh, like I love doing commissions for people, not only because obviously you get a bit of money, but also like you get to work on someone else's ideas and characters and they'll come up to you with uh, an, an idea for a pinup or a cover and you take it and then you sketch out a couple of things and you think, well, what about this? And you put an idea back to them and the, the culmination of two and you working on that idea comes up with something better than the, the sum of its parts. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You, you come up with an idea or concept and it's like, yeah, that, that, that really works. And yeah, I'd, I'd love, love doing stuff like that. It's a joy. Yeah. It's good to collaborate. I think sometimes it does, it does challenge yeah. you a bit more, doesn't it? Especially when you can kind of like take your foot off the writing pedal as it were, and just focus on the art stuff. Uh, I generally, I think working in a team of, if uh, I was the artist and there was a writer and you can bounce stuff off. There's a partner to kind of work with. Whereas if you're kind of going solo, you get those doubts that we've mentioned before thinking, does this work? Is does, is that going to land? Or yeah. am, I, am I going too far or not far enough and stuff like that? Yeah. So over the years then, the many years as we've discovered, <laughs> to, my, yeah. to my surprise, God, um, have you seen either Vanguard change massively in the way that you approach it or in the way that you thought it was going to pan out as a story and have you changed have you tried to change and develop your art style because it seems pretty consistent even though it is that old i mean it's not like you know because you see some early stuff people do and you're like yeah you know i can see the nugget of where they're getting but with your stuff it was like you just kind of hit the ground running and yet you've got better it's definitely improved it's still pretty it's still pretty good when you started to be honest it was like do you know what i mean oh cheers yeah i tried to keep it like consistent and not change it up too much and add in elements that would can make it completely different from the the ones before i want to keep that kind of house style as it were for mm. the comic and, and and keep it consistent uh but yeah like i i don't know I, I think the fun for me is the the storytelling and each issue i try and make a different storytelling challenge or something different from the previous issue i don't want them to be in the same location all the time doing the same things the, the for me the, i like to have the comic moving quite rapidly and stuff happening all yeah. the time so because of the 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 way the web comics work like a single issue of a comic i want that page to be have the content but also have a cliffhanger kind of element to the end of it right so every page ends on a kind of uh, not a mid conversation it'd be like yes and i killed your father and something like that. And then you think, oh, fucking hell, what's going to happen on the next page? Mm. It wouldn't be just like, blah, 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 what do you have for tea on Friday? And then, yeah, I had chips. No, and it's, it's tough to do that. Yeah, that's all in the pacing of like when you're doing your kind of, you're plotting your page. I mean, I, I usually do the, uh, I've mentioned this technique before, rather than, I find it harder to sit down on the computer and write, like, right, here's page one, here's page two, blah, yeah. blah, blah. I, I, when I'm out, I'll st- stick stuff on Google Docs or uh, send an email to myself and then compile all the elements of the story that's going to go in this issue, bullet point it out, and then basically separate those bullet points into pages. Got you. And when sometimes I think, fucking hell, this issue's got 40 pages in. I don't have to cut some mm. of this and then go in and cut it. Other times I can't. I can't. If I cut any more, it'd be fucking going to the bone. Yeah. And it's like that has to stay in for the story. And do you ever get other eyes on it? Do you ever get anyone maybe kind of having a look at it first? I mean, can, can, because I mean, I'm quite yeah, lucky that I've got H, obviously, who's an artist as well. So she can tell me, and she's a good writer, she's a better writer than me. Mm. So she's very good at kind of reading the, the plot and, and telling me where she thinks this, that that jumps too much. It doesn't make sense. Or even gotcha. with the layouts, you know, she'll kind of go, that's that's confusing. It doesn't quite work. 
Do you do you have that as well? Do you, have you got someone that? Yeah, my wife kind of like got quite a, a creative bent to her, and like there's stuff I've I've kind of bounced off her. She's and... got her own uh, fantastic. Uh, sort of, uh, is it on Twitter? She does those. Yeah, her own. Oh, CD they're brilliant. Girl, she puts them on Twitter, Facebook, and Reddit. She hasn't done them in a little while, but yeah, she really liked them. Tell her pull a finger out, will you? Get get, get, get going. <laughs> don't say that to her. I'm frightened of her. I don't even know her. <laughs> But like it's handy because sometimes like I've got uh, Tony and Vince obviously in the awesome comic podcast. Mm. I often share stuff with them and bounce stuff back and forth, thinking, "Does this work? Is that okay?" Because uh, like on that Viper comic, there's I wanted to push it a little bit more than I did with Vanguard and have like a, a lead character with this bit of a misogynist prick. And yeah. I was always cautious of like, "Is this going too far? Is that going too far?" Because uh, maybe I'm, I'm concerned about how it's going to be received because as in, you know what it's like in today's climate, mm. I, I can make a bad guy. And it's like, well, you said that. It's like, no, the bad guy said that in the comic. I don't believe <laughs> what he's saying, but yeah. there's got to be a bad guy in the comic. <laughs> yeah. People think it's an extension of you and your views, don't they, a lot of the time? Yeah. And, and they don't get that, you know, things like Viper, um, which I loved Viper, by oh, the cheers, way. Dude. I thought it was brilliant. Um, it... it brought back everything you loved about those kind of 80s action films and buddy films yeah it was just great and they always had those characters because you know firstly at the time they probably weren't seen to be quite as pricky as they are now you know because times have changed but they were still fucking annoying yeah um but you do that brilliantly but yeah you're quite right people will interpret that you know you you've written a racist into your comic, which means you're racist. You're yeah. like, well, no, actually, I haven't. They're there as a, you know, often as a sign to say, yeah, well, you could, don't it, be a fucking yeah. racist, if you, if got dickhead. A, if you've got to have a good guy, you've got to have the bad guy, by, by yeah. contrast. I think what the problem is with some people is they write themselves into a comic or fiction, whatever, by saying these are the these are the virtues I, I have and I'm preaching them at you. Yeah. So by me having a bad guy in my comic, they presume that there's that, the flip side works that those values have been also what you're preaching. It's like, no, it's just the story. Um, mm. it's fiction. I'm not trying to tell you the, uh, <laughs> the, the good reasons to blow up Western society or something. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> even if there are some, yeah. Brilliant. So, I mean, obviously you, you work, digitally mainly digitally don't you i mean i know you do do some physical stuff mm. as well but all of your comic now is it's, it's all digital it's pretty much yeah i mean yeah it, it was kind of ludicrous me doing the pen and ink stuff because i'd literally draw something in pencil ink it scan it and then the the heavy lifting done on the computer yeah so now i've kind of cut out the middleman of the the pencil and the scanning i'll just draw it straight onto like the ipad with procreate and I was going to say, what do you use these days? Did, did, you, did you have a Wacom at one point? Or? I've got one oh. of the ones that, uh, I can't, is it a Cintiq? It's not a Cintiq. It hasn't got a screen on it. So oh, yeah. I have yeah. to look at the screen while my hand draws. And uh, there was one job I went to, a design job, and I was used to working on a mouse. And I turned right. up and they said, oh, you don't have a mouse, you have the tablet. And it was like, just you got absolutely pushed in at the deep end. And mm. when I first did it, it was like, fuck me, this is tough. And mm. after a day, it was absolutely fine. And I, I bless my, my joints, fingers, hands. Like they don't ache. Whereas there's designers I've worked with that have used mouses for years and they fucking complain about, oh, my arm's fucking yeah. in the elbow. And me using the Wacom, I've never had any of that. 
at all. Mm. It's because it's, it's like from going around moving a brick around all day to using like a scalpel. It's yeah. so, so precise and lightweight and just such a better tool for the job. Technology is amazing though, isn't it? Yeah. It's like, yeah, I mean, you, you mentioned obviously the iPad and Procreate and that's what H does all her comic stuff mm. in. And, uh, you know, it's just, I mean, it's a fantastic program, Procreate. I wish they'd do it on a PC. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> I'd be ditching Photoshop tomorrow if they did because it's such a beautiful painting tool as well. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I only use a very small portion of it because there's, there's a bewildering mm. around brushes and stuff. And whenever I've marked around, I was like, bloody, you can get so much out of this. And then when you, you see people, what they create online with it, like you get some of those videos that they, that's one of the things I love about it. You can, it records what you're doing. Yes. And you can export that out. And that's lovely because people, I've sh- shared those videos on Instagram and people see the drawing come to life. Yeah. Yeah, no, I like those. I like yeah. those you do when you do the red pencils. And, yeah. And then, yeah. And H has done a few with her uh, pet portraits as well, where she's recorded them in Procreate from from starting, you know, with building up the shapes and all that. And people love them, don't they? Yeah. I mean, I, they man, do I look smart them. when they're done. They, like, they're mesmerizing, aren't they? Yeah. You know? so if you can work at that speed, 30 seconds to get all the pictures. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's taking like five hours on it. <laughs> but then again... I'm I'm one of those people that I can sit and watch an inking video like all day. Yeah, you know, watching somebody physically ink something is just doing that. Those old the old like oh. with, you can't even though you kind of got all these these machines and stuff and the, the technology. Those base skills have to be there. Yeah, we will not make up for them. Like there's times when I've I've used I've gone a bit too crutch on Photoshop and I've tried to use filters and textures to mask my stuff. And I've been called out on it and I've, I was like, oh, fucking hell. And then looked at it and thought, you know what? They're right. You can't, mm. you, use, you can't use this stuff as a crutch to, to work over shady bits of your artwork. You've got to kind of get those basics and fundamentals down because everything's built on that. If it's a yeah. shoddy foundations, there's going to be a shoddy fucking build. Yeah. I, I resist the urge to use filters as much as possible. Yeah. Um, and I think the only time I've ever used it was recently I did a job where they wanted a a very clear blur effect on mm. something. And I thought, I'm not fucking painting that. You know no, what I mean? No. It's just not worth the effort because yeah. it would have took me like as long to, to overwork the blur than it would have been just to paint the whole yeah. page, to be honest. So, um, but yeah, I know what you mean. You can, you can see where people rely on the gimmicks too much. And unfortunately you lose a bit of the art, don't you? When you I do agree. It that way. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it can be a galling. Like you spend ages doing all this drawing and rendering and then, you kind of slap a load of stuff on top that kind of masks it all. And you think, oh, what's the fucking point of that? I just mm. kind of, uh, for me, I, I kind of work a bit ask about face. I might have a thumbnail of an image and I'll draw way more than I need. And then mm. I'll composite it all together in Photoshop and then export it back out and procreate and then color it. Because at the moment I find flatting on Photoshop a hundred times faster than flatting on procreate. Yes. Yeah. Procreate I, I seems agree. to take fucking forever to flat stuff on. And it doesn't yeah. do a very good job of it. I'm, I'm like, I've filled stuff right to the edge, like using that magic wand tool, mm. colored it. And then it's got like a little halo inside. And it's like, well, where's that come from? Mm. Like, I don't, don't want that. It's like I do all my pencils and inks in Clip Studio. Mm. Um, I mean, because I, I still haven't found anything that inks quite as well as Clip Studio. It's, it's got a brilliant That's engine. That's like the fucking for... gold standard, isn't it? Like, oh, yeah. And it's dead cheap as well. You know, it's like, it's it's like a one-off payment mm. and it's just brilliant. But yeah, I, I love the way that the pencils and the inks 
work on that. Um, but I can't color in it for shit. No, you know, it doesn't um, work for you. And I tried flatting, and I was like, no, I can't do this because they're going, oh, it's really quick and really simple. You'll never use Photoshop again. I thought, oh, great, you know. Yeah. And it was like, no. After about half an hour, I was like, I'm back in Photoshop. <laughs> I've got fucking time for this. It just wouldn't. You just get used to it. Like you said before, you get used to a set process, don't you? Yeah. You know where all the shortcuts are and you can, you know, you can have it flattered in, I wouldn't say no time because it's the devil's work, yeah, isn't it? Can but, get really, I can get really flat very quickly in Photoshop. It's, I kind of got all the shortcut keys, all the F1 buttons programmed and I need them. And like, boom, boom, boom. It's all. And the, the the good thing, obviously, about rather than me do it all on one piece of paper, yeah, like, I've sent you a piece of work via Facebook, and it's a bit of a spoiler. We can talk about it in a second, but for that, I've I had like all these different elements. I could flat them because they're all different elements, and then flatten the color layer, and then have all the pencil layer on one layer. Do you know what I mean? So it's if I've got five figures, I can rearrange the figures in layers on Photoshop. Yeah, copy yep. those layers, give them all the color. And then have like the top layer be the pencils layer, and the underneath a flat yeah. and all there together, and they've all got the colours on them. So yeah, no, it's 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 great, it's great. And there is the and the, God love it, the adjustment layers that you can put Mate, on as well. Yeah, God, <laughs> you know what I mean? brilliant. It's just it, it was brilliant, isn't it? You know, I, I remember watching, like I said, when they did this colouring course, and they, they got to a bit about adjustment layers, and it was like I was sat there going, "Fucking hell!" Yeah, you know, the mask, um, this working. Once you, you get it in your head about Photoshop working non-destructively, it's yeah. like, this is this the best. I'm never going if, back now. And I don't know about you, but if anybody wants to really, if you want to pay and, and get a course to see about colouring, I, I did the uh, Kurt Michael Russell one because yeah. he's not only like really, really good, the courses are really well put together as well. You know, they, they actually make sense. And, you know, sometimes they'll just, they'll start halfway through a process. You know, well, what the, what have you got there? Yeah, you know what I mean? Bit, yeah. But he's, he's really, really good as well. And he knows he's, he's I've stuck. got his first course lined up, ready to go. And it's one of those things. I'll do that course after I finish this. And it's then, great. Yeah. yeah. It's really <laughs> good. Really good. You'll enjoy it, mate. Anyway, back to you, back to you. Yeah. So, We've talked a bit through your process then. We've talked a bit about the technology you use. But when you work physically, do you have a preference for a particular media there? It's usually my uh, the mechanical pencils with the, yeah. you know, the click pencils with the red lead. I used to do blue, but then I went to red because I thought it seemed to, I, I could strip out the artwork better. So mm. I went to that. And it's literally just that and, and ink pens. That's pretty much physically the only stuff I kind of do now. Like yeah. for my patrons, I'll, I'll, I'll just put another shout out for them. But like if anyone wants a sketch card or a commission piece, just draw it up on the pencil and pens, ink it, and then pop it in the post to them. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant stuff. I should do more of that, you know, more physical. I it's really nice, want, isn't it? Yeah. I want to get back to doing life drawing. Oh. Actually life drawing with like a model in a room. And Do you know what, mate? We worked in Manchester for like 20 years Right. Mm. And there was never a fucking life drawing class. Can you believe this oh, that man. we could get to? Because either it was on an evening when we were doing something else, or it was like somewhere where you thought, well, it's too far from work and I'm not leaving the car there. Do you know what I mean? It was out uh, yeah, yeah. end or somewhere. And um, and then we finally found a place that started doing it. And we went to one of them and then lockdown hit. And it was like, oh, fucking hell. Of course, now we're not in Manchester again now. So it's like trying to find somewhere near us now. But I love life drawing. Yeah. I just absolutely love it. You know, I started when I obviously everyone starts doing it in university, uh, college, whatever. 
I wish I'd have done more of it then. I did a, I did a fair bit of it. There's always mm. extra classes going on, and I was like, ah, oh, no, I won't do that. But like, no, oh, fuck me, I wish I'd have done it. Yeah. You just yeah. can't beat and it. You, it's one of the few things that will improve your drawing immensely. Yeah. You know, if you keep doing it, it's this wonderful. I mean, I was talking to Dylan Teague about this, mm. you know, because he, he was like, he was always doing life drawing classes, you know, and I mean, he used to love them. He used to go with David Roach. Um, Bloody hell. And he used to say, well, I hate going with David. I'm like, why? You know, because you look at Dylan's work, you're like, yeah. fucking hell. And he's going, oh, he just makes me feel shit. And I'm like, what? And, <laughs> and he was saying that he'll be, when he's life drawing, you know, and he, he's trying, you try and get a feel for the line, don't you? Yeah. You know, he said, so I'll be there, you know, trying to, I'm just, just shaping up, just doing a bit of a sketch. He said, and David won't touch the paper. He's just, just observing. He said, and he'll, he'll just go swoosh. He went, and it's there. That's the that's the shape, the line. And he said, I want to get to that almost zen-like state where you can just do the line. And it's like, well, David is an incredible artist as well. I mean, if you've never seen either Dylan or David's work and you listen to this, Google them because just be prepared to have your minds blown because they're incredible, both of them. But it's that power of life drawing again, that observational drawing, isn't yeah, it? Yeah. Again, it's fundamentals. You can't fucking skip out on them. It's... Which leads us very nicely on to the next question, which is if anybody listening to this is is thinking of like creating their own comic, be it web or physical, I mean, do you have any sage-like advice that you'd want to give them? Because people, the one thing people like about these process kind of chats is that, and I like as well because I nick loads of ideas, mm. is just little nuggets of people that have been there and done it. And, yeah. you know, if you were starting out, what would you what would you recommend? That's an interesting one, especially like the getting into web comics because it's such a different game than when I started. When I started, there wasn't smartphones doing web comics, so the the kind of advent of them is just well, maybe there was smartphones, but they weren't kind of like used for you wouldn't not used as they were now, where everyone's fucking on the smartphone reading it for yeah. the time. But like playing ad- snake on a Nokia, you mean? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> The good old days, Snake 2. Uh, but yeah, like kind of there's so many web web platforms now for, for delivering your uh, your content to people. Whereas when I first started doing it, it was like you had a few sites, but essentially the, the, the game was to get your own site and then build up your following and your brand on that. But now like with all the other Webtoons and uh, Tapas and all those services, mm. they're kind of absolute fucking juggernauts. Right. And if you want to kind of get, get out there and get seen you go to one of them where all the comics are collated in one place it's yeah. like if you want to go to a comic you go to the comic book store because you want to get a web comic you go to one of these big readers because they're all they're all the bright on there but you're kind of also you're battling against the world with web comics it's a really it's yeah. a slog like you create some all over the world the best of the best uh don't let that put you off though <laughs> if you got i know that sounds absolutely damning mm. if you've got a comic uh in you and you want to tell it man go for it like mm. you're the only person that can tell that comic uh, draw that comic and tell that story and you're the only one who could do it in the way that you want so yeah go out there and create would you recommend maybe starting physically first just to find your fit i mean not not something making a whole comic but maybe you know getting used to sketching out layouts and yeah pencils and things before you move up because i mean i when i first started trying to use technology I was like, oh, fucking hell, this has been a waste of money, hasn't yeah. it? I, you know, and I, I just thought, I'm never going to do this, you know. Yeah. And 
I just had to persevere. And it was it was when I was talking to Ryan Brown actually at a convention, and I was saying like I'm really fucking struggling here to get on with it. Mm. And he he just kind of said to me, look, just approach it same process that you'd follow with a traditional painting or drawing. Yeah, just do it the same way. You know, don't don't try and use filters. Don't try and take shortcuts. Do it the same way. You know, mix your colours, things like that. You know, and, and it was like a it was like a light bulb. I came back and started doing. It. I was like, "Fucking hell, he's right." Yeah, you know, he, he was exactly right. And but that took me months. And would you recommend though that, that maybe it's easier now to to just start digitally if you're going to work digitally or or to try and get a bit of a grounding physically first? I would definitely. It's a difficult one that. Mm. I would definitely think pressure testing yourself, just getting out and doing it. The first time you do it, it's not going to be great and it's not going to be something you're going to be proud of. But you need those first steps to take the the next lot. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You're not going to hit the ground running. You've got to kind of make you've got to make your mistakes. You've got to learn from your mistakes. And uh, the the best school for that is experience and actually doing it. Yeah relating back to what I did, like when I was, I was doing my fumblings and drawing comics and I thought, right, I want to make my own comic, but I'm not too happy with doing it yet. I've got a story I want to tell, but I'm not qualified in myself to do it. So that's why I worked with someone else, made my mistakes on that title, found out how to do it. And then when I went on, when I was ready to make my own, I kind of had a, had a grasp of it as it, as it were. Mm. So yeah. uh, just, I would say, go for it, do it. But yeah. just accept you're going to make mistakes and then learn from those mistakes. Yeah, and enjoy it yeah, as well, enjoy I suppose. It. If you're not it's... enjoying it, you've got to rethink it. You've really got to rethink it. Same with anything in life, you yeah. know. It's too yeah. short, isn't it? Because I've heard of creators when they've been creating a comic and they go, I'm really struggling with this. And it's like, mate, take a break from it. And if it ain't mm-hmm. working for you, better to be creating something you really like doing than mulling over something for months and months and months thinking, oh, I'm not sure if I should do this or not. Because yeah. it's pretty self-evident that... You don't want it's to. It's interesting you say that because I've got probably two or three projects that I started, self-projects, mm. and I, could, I just – there was something not quite right. You know, I couldn't I, – I was losing that enthusiasm yeah. for it. And I'd, I'd maybe done a few pages of them, but I just thought there's something not quite right here. And, and in the end, I realized that I just really didn't want to tell that story. Yeah. Even though I thought at the time, oh, this would be a great idea. Mm. You know, oh, I'd be interested when I actually physically tried to create it, I then realized that it, even though it may be interesting, it's not actually a story I want to tell. And yeah. therefore it, it was like a mental block. Do you know, it was like, it was becoming a bit of a chore. Yeah. You just, I've, I've got, just can't deal with this anymore. Anymore. Yeah. It, it's like a wasted energy trying to kind of get this to work and you justifying it to yourself. Like, no, yeah, just move on, man. Don't worry about yeah. it. You're yeah. kind of, you're being your own hard, harshest critic there. Because no one else is judging you on that, are they really? Yeah. And I've been there, man. I've been there. Like I had a story and I've like worked over it a couple of times and it's sitting in my Google Docs. And I was like, I really like the idea of this, but I've, I've fuck knows how it's going to work. And I don't know if I'd be able to tell it. Would it even be interesting? It's, a, it's an interesting concept. Yeah. But I don't know. Can I see myself drawing that? And it's like, probably not. I've, I've taken more stories out into the woods and fucking made him dig a ditch and executed him into it than I'd care to recall. That leads us nicely into upcoming projects. What have you got planned? What can we see from, uh, you know, Vanguard HQ? <laughs> well, I've got Vanguard Book 4 uh, on the, not on the printing presses, but essentially it just needs a bit of uh, tweaking and a, a cover done for right. it. And that will be going to press hopefully for Thought Bubble 
in uh, November. So hopefully that'll be all, all ready to good good to go for then. Brilliant. If it goes ahead, which it's is... It's going to be a big book, that, isn't it? Because... Yeah, I, I'm trying to recall now how many issues that one does. I think it's, uh, God, up to issue 19, I think. So all, all of them, they've been getting progressively chunkier and chunkier. Yeah. And it's... A bit like me in lockdown, that, mate. <laughs> <laughs> I try and do a bit of blurb in the beginning to kind of get people in. So like, you can read this and you can jump in. But to be fair, at this point of the story, you, you kind of really need to read the previous stuff otherwise you'd be like what mm. the fuck is going on mm. but uh there we go yeah so that's that's gonna be exciting putting that together and also uh, i've shared the image with you and I'll, hopefully this will go live uh later in the week it's the uh sequel to viper which... it, it, and i've got to say to everyone listening um i wasn't expecting the picture to come through and when i looked at it i was fucking blown away I, it's brilliant mate honestly oh, i'm thanks, so excited man. <laughs> for it i'm, I'm like I, I want this book now really if you can hurry up now, get off this podcast yeah was, and get we, creating i was just telling before we start recording like working out the timeline of trying to get it out but uh i'm gonna work on it hard this next few months and and see how uh, you know i'll get it done it's it's not gonna kind of drag on but the the script is nearly there i've got all the the character designs the the main bulk of it i'm just kind of polish off the edges before it kind of goes into production as it were uh, essentially it's uh, the same characters from the previous one i wanted yeah. it to be like a tv series where the first one was the pilot episode and after everyone after that you could read all of them and you could read none or just one and you'd still get the same story. anyone could pick this up and read it you don't need to yeah. read the first one yeah and uh it's called uh viper soviet strike and it's obviously set during the cold war 1985 magnificent uh, a team of ultra-nationalist Russian terrorists uh, descend upon the city and it's up to the uh, Viper team to uh, take them on. So, Brilliant. Lots it, of it, to be had. It, you can have me money now. It just sounds so good. <laughs> it, it just takes you back, doesn't it, to those... We were talking earlier about those great films of that era where they always seem to have red in the title. You know, yeah. I couldn't remember them. and you It was Red just Scorpion, Red off. Heat, you know, things like that. And they, they just... Yes, it was it was a formula, you know. Yeah. And it, it, Rocky Four was the perfect exactly. example of this, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah, I you know, East versus West and and all that stuff. And the um, uh, the head subtitle I was going to go for this one, I was still working. It was uh, the the beast from the east versus the best from the west. But I think that might have been used before. I'm not too sure. Yeah, it yeah. sounds familiar. It I mean, does sound familiar, yeah. but that could just be because it's so good. Yeah. <laughs> that you kind of think I must have heard that before. Well, if it's not been used, I'm using it, and if it has, it's homage. <laughs> but I tell you what, mate that that image you've done is superb. I mean, if that's a you know a taste of what we're going to get, then oh, God, you, yeah. you're in for a treat, folks, because it's absolutely brilliant. It's just nice one. Well, I tell you what, I'll, I'll send over one so you can uh, stick out with the podcast, so people can. Uh, I'll maybe yeah. leave a link to it somewhere, and you can uh, link to that so people can see what we're uh, going on about. Yeah, I'll do just that. I'll put it in the... Uh, if you look in the show notes, there should either be an image or a link to the image um, because it is brilliant. Yeah, yeah. so I'm, I'm really looking forward to working on it because it, I can kind of like stretch different creative muscles on Viper than I can on Vanguard. I can be a little more naughty and yeah. push yeah. it a bit more. Like we were saying before, isn't it? You know, you can kind of lean into the genre a bit more and yes, it's, it's possibly pulling on 
you know, as what do they like to call it now? Outdated themes and um, attitudes, <laughs> which I actually saw on the, you know, they do these little write-ups. They did it for the Goonies, which was like warning this. I'm thinking it's the Goonies. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I, I guess there are a few dodgy they, bits. But... They take the piss out of uh, Chunk for being fat. Yeah. Which is sort of frowned on. Yeah. You know, you've got to see things yeah. in the context of the time they're set. Exactly. You? you know, not saying... You know, it's right or wrong for anybody emails in. No, because there's stuff we're saying now that in 30 years' time would be looked at like fucking hell, yeah. what monsters. But you can't yeah. be constantly judging, like being a presentist and constantly judging everything that was done in the past by today's morals. Do you know what I mean? Because they mm. change and evolve. Absolutely. So, yeah, this is like obviously a period piece set in the 1980s. The main character is based on kind of uh the 80s action heroes the archetype and the guys in the uh like tv shows like airwolf night rider and street hawk yeah I recently bought the street hawk uh dvd box set and i've been watching them and the main character is just an absolute misogynist arsehole <laughs> absolute arsehole and they they portray it like he's a really cool dude and like yeah this is what like a man should be and watch it now, you're like, fucking hell, what a knob. He's such an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I had the computer game of Street Hawk on my Amstrad. Nice. Yeah. It's, it was shit. It was a shit game. Oh, it was awful. It was just like riding the bike through the streets, but you, you, the controls, if I remember right, they were... Like, Absolute ass. Airwolf was much better. Um, I had the computer game in that as well. And that was a good game. You used to fly through caves in Airwolf, yeah. wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. It Shooting was, uh, stuff up. Good fun. But no, mate, this this looks brilliant, absolutely oh, man, brilliant. Yeah. So yeah, we'll we'll stick the image up. And um, are you going to kickstart this one? Is this going to be uh, eventually when it's ready? The, unlike Vanguard, which I kind of I just buy the books beforehand, uh, this would be a kind of kickstarter. I think not only because obviously it generates the money, but you can get it out to more people. More people see yeah. it on the initial run for kicks uh, Viper on the Kickstarter. I had people buying it from Singapore, Australia. Yeah. And so I would never reach these people if it was, wasn't for that platform. I mean, yeah. I might try Indiegogo. I've, the only reason I've, I've only done Kickstarter is because everyone I know has done Kickstarter, and that's the only experience I've had. I've not tried Indiegogo. Yeah. So uh, yeah. I know there's a certain stigma attached to each platform, but like, fuck that noise. It's just. No, no. Yeah. no matter which one that. you pick, mate, somebody will have a beef, won't they? You know what I mean? Yeah. But um, you're right about Kickstarter, though, because I know speaking to. Um, Steve Tanner from uh, Time Bomb, you know, and he's always said he used it as a distribution model. And mm. I know with uh, Galaxy Grappling, I mean, the second issue of uh, GGA that we did, probably about what sixty percent of that went to the states, you know, and, nice. and there was some yeah. going to Europe and, and I think a couple in Canada, but the vast majority were going to to places in America. And it's like, well, there's no way I'd be selling comics in America. I mean, you can have yeah. all the websites and do all the twittering and twattering that you want yeah but you're not going to see it are they? whereas if you've no. got a platform that's got a, a worldwide reach like that you, you just never know do you you just don't know who i wish there was a printer and a distributor in the states that could you could pay a percentage mm. of because the amount of money that goes on shipping i've done a couple of kickstarters recently where i've really liked the products but it's coming over from the states yeah. and i'm paying more for shipping almost like a third more to get it shipped over than the actual fucking product. Yeah, I think... And it's, it's killing me. I think me. Mixam can print in the States, you know, but it's the distribution right. of it. that You know, you need a you need a buddy there who's going to then sort of... Package it up and send it all out. But yeah. I th- I'm sure that they can split the um, 
split the printing. I'm sure I read something about them splitting the printing. Because I, I think they can. Uh, you're right. I can remember reading something like that. But like I said, it's it's the getting someone. Because if you did it, someone in America did it to us. It's like the a printer's just around the corner. It's like because America's essentially the UK's estate mm. in America, isn't mm. it? Whereas if they got it printed in America, so right, we've got to give it to Joe Blogs over here. And mm. so that's fucking six states over. And I don't know this kind of logistics of it, but that would be absolutely fantastic. And if anyone listening does know a way of kind of doing that, uh, fuck me, I'm all ears. Yeah. Yeah. I'm all ears for that. Or you, you have to make a porn comic, made a load of money, and then we can go into partnership. One of us can be based over there, one of us over here. And then job's done, isn't it? Fine. You know? Fine. Happy happy days, mate. That's wrong. Well. <laughs> <laughs> Slight problem that we can't leave the country, mate, but you know. <laughs> don't worry about we get, that. We can get around that. Semantics, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> now, if anybody does know an answer to this question, let us know. Because it, it, I think moving forward as well, it's definitely a model that um, that it's got legs, hasn't it? Yeah, you know, it seems the, nuts to me. I'm getting something printed here to be shipped over to the states. Why not just get printed in the states and then it distributed there? Yeah, no. and they take a even if they took half the shipping cost, that's still half the money that the 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 the, the customer yeah. is saving. And it's probably got a better chance of getting there without looking like somebody's stood on it yeah god man i don't want to uh, one of the ones i sent overseas did say that i hadn't received their copy mm. and i had to send it and it's like I, i'm not i'm making a nominal loss on sending the comic out but the shipping was like a hit it was like oh god yeah, it's okay. just the postal service getting lost if that's the uh the what's running the kickstarter all about you can't do these absolutely fine margins there's got to be a bit left for for error i mean absolutely uh, yeah tony and adam phelps like adam especially like taught me through using the uh click and drop right mail service and fuck me that was an absolute lifesaver that just saved so much time for me i need to get onto that i keep looking at and thinking oh, i don't know if i can be asked filling it all in but I- literally like they, they get an excel file from kickstarter i open the excel file delete a couple of columns that you with the information you don't need you plug it into uh the click and go and it just tells you right this is how much you got to pay and then wow it, it's amazing out it? all the all the the labels whatever and stick them mm. on the, the parcels and it's like fuck me i was thinking oh, i'm gonna have to write all these out by hand or yeah nightmare but it's yeah good, good stuff excellent excellent mate so you heard it here first you know yes viper two soviet strike yeah it's, soviet uh, strike it's coming it's coming, it's coming. it will it's... be coming 2021 oh i can't wait <laughs> <laughs> nice <laughs> brilliant stuff so anything else on the boil have you got any collaborations on the boil or are you just busy with doing you know obviously uh, vanguard takes your time up and yeah then... vanguard will be the next issue of vanguard will be coming later in the year once i've finished uh this uh the, the viper uh i'm generally i'm kind of just scouting about doing a bit of commission work just seeing if people need stuff and yeah throwing your hat in the ring good stuff sometimes you get lucky sometimes you don't but yeah commission work oh, i just love it it's great yeah it's like do a piece of work, get the money, and then that's, that's you the do some that. great commissions, mate, as well. I've got to oh, say. cheers, dude. No, yeah. you do. I mean, at the end of the day, you. I mean, I've said it before, but you know, I, lo- I love your work, but um, you do knock those commissions out of the park. Some of the ones I've seen, and the ones that you did for, I mean, the pre mortis one you did for for us was fucking brilliant. That was so much fun. That was great. Really, really, really. Because I never get to do that. You do a likeness of someone, but you don't get mm. to do like them battling zombies or monsters wherever. yeah yeah it's like when i had to trick h into doing the reference photos 
because she kept saying, did you use those photos? And I'm like, oh, no, I've got an idea about them. I'll, I'll, I will do them, you know. She's, like, she's got that, it's got that rabid intensity in the picture. She's kind of yeah. lunging at someone with a big knife. Oh, that was just a natural picture. That that was an old one. Like, <laughs> that was you falling backwards with yeah. the camera as she went at you. That's, that's me when I used to come in piss from the football. <laughs> Back when you could actually go out yeah. to the football, you know. <laughs> Brilliant. No, but I can definitely vouch for Dan's um, commissions because the guy's a star. He can, he, and you can literally do anything because you did those video game covers, didn't you? And they yeah, were that was brilliant, yeah. man. They were really one. good. That was just like Sam did it for uh, Project Hoax. And mm-hmm. he said, can you do this? I thought, yeah. I, I think a kind of a good artist illustrator should be able to do anything. Yeah. Just be creative in it. Yes. Just bring the flex those creative muscles and, and give the punters something they love. That's great stuff, mate. Great stuff. It's been really enjoyable, and I really Cheers, appreciate dude. you kind of coming on and, and chatting about everything. Oh, pleasure. You know, and because um, I know you're, you're busy with stuff, so giving up your time is always uh, always much appreciated. So, do you want to give people um, an idea of where they can where they can see your stuff, where they can follow you, and more importantly, where they can buy your quality sure, items? Yeah. Thank you. Uh, you can read uh, Vanguard on VanguardComic.com. Uh, it's available to read on both uh, Comixology and Comic House. Uh, Viper also, Comicology and Comic House, you can read it on there, uh, as well as the Comic House app. Uh, you can buy also buy the books in there. The books are on buyasmallpresscomics.com. And you can listen to me, Tony and Vince, on the Awesome Comic Podcast, which comes out once a week. We Brilliant for stuff. A number yep. of years now. And if you don't listen to the awesome comics, which I can't believe you don't, you know, if you listen to this shit, you'll be listening to that. <laughs> <laughs> At least it's well done. You know what I mean? And you must do, because it is, I've said it before, I think it's the greatest small press um, oh, cheers, podcast. Dude. You have a lot of fun doing it. And... You can tell, and that's the thing, you know, it's it's got that, that genuine sense of camaraderie that mm. I like in a podcast. You know, it's a bit like uh, that comic smells another one, isn't it, that... Yeah, it indeed. just sounds like you're earwigging on somebody's conversation, and I love that. You know, it's like just genuinely in like love what the, the the thing we're talking about. Yeah, and that's when you have people doing that. I've watched TV shows when people talk about wood turning, and mm. I've got no interest in wood turning. But the person's enthusiasm is so infectious. Yes, yeah. you're like, yeah, yeah I'm loving this. Brilliant. Brilliant stuff. And if you want to see more about my work, then um, you can find me at Art92. Everything's Art92, so the website's art92.com. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, it's all Art92. Uh, H's YouTube channel where she does drawing um, videos, how-to videos. Again, just search for Art92. Um, and like I say, every week we keep it to one name because you know you get to our age, you're lucky if members put your pants on in the morning. <laughs> so if you've got more than one social media handle, yeah, that's it. You know, I'm screwed. Yeah, and I hardly remember to to use them half the time. It wasn't for H. We wouldn't <laughs> be on social media. You, Damien, you actually did a cover for Vanguard issue 17. I did, and it, I, I was loved that. honored, absolutely honored, mate, to do it. Um, really enjoyed it. Really, really enjoyed it. And you reciprocated with a fantastic pinup. GGA too, uh, starring El Marvo. So uh, yeah, no, appreciate it, mate. There's nothing like sort of trading art with other creators. There's something quite special about that. Um, I think. Yeah, I'd I'd do that all day every. I love it. Yeah, yeah. 
Oh, you shouldn't have said that. Yeah. Right after this, I'll be on to you then. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, if you've enjoyed this show, and I'm sure you have, because, uh, well, there's something wrong with you if you haven't, let's be honest. Um, then you can We've check. we got to the end of it. Well, that's so. it, isn't it? <laughs> you know, if there's anybody there, that, I mean, you know, it could just yeah. be me and you at this point, pal. Um, That's fine. But you can check out all the previous episodes. We're on Podbean, Spotify, Apple Music, I believe it is now. Um, You can subscribe, and if you feel inclined, you can leave us a review. But just uh, hope you enjoyed the show. And just once more, thanks again to Dan for giving up his time. and um, Pleasure. Really appreciate it, mate. And until next week, I'll leave you with some advice from one of Dan's heroes, which you could apply this advice to many things in life and even making comics. It's Arnold Schwarzenegger, and he said, if you don't find the time, if you don't do the work, you don't get the results. Thanks for listening. Goodbye. See ya.